Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 10, issue 455. It's Resident Evil 3, the remake, the 2021. We've already done the original. Joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 455 are John Salmon. Hi. Joshua Garrity. Hello there. And Leah Haydu. Bitch can't even swim. And am I allowed, is, am I mean, I allowed to say that? I, I, the best can. line in the game in the first two <laughs> seconds of the podcast. That's it. You've blown it. Uh, no, you can say that. Um, right. I think we've... Uh, I, I can't remember if this was deliberate on my part, but it, it's worked out that this is the exact same panel as who did the Resident Evil 2 remake podcast back in issue 403, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, well, I was y- Yes, I was yes. there. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think it is. There we go. Uh, and listener, if you're new to the show or if you didn't listen to our full run of Resident Evil podcasts, we did cover the the mainline series of the originals all the way through. And we landed on Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, as it was back then in issue 313. You can go back and check those out, get those in the usual places, Spotify or wherever. But yes, here we are. So this is a relatively recent release, just came out about a year ago. Developed by Capcom in conjunction with a collaboration with M2. No, not that M2, because that would be confusing. Another developer called M2, but instead of a, n- a numeric 2, it's the word 2, spelt T-W-O. I don't know whose idea that was. And there's also another developer involved called K2Co. And I don't know exactly who did what or how collaborative it was. Or, yeah. Um, these things are often a bit um, Byzantine and uh, it's hard to get concrete information. But there are three executive producers credited on the game, one from each of those companies. So Jun Takeuchi, Tatsuya Minami and Mitsuo Kodama. Resident, e- uh, Resident Evil 3, the remake, uh, don't need to keep specifying because the original did have that subtitle, which this one hasn't got. It was under development for approximately three years prior to its announcement in 2019. Development was handled by Capcom with assistance from its subsidiary, K2 Inc., and from external companies, Redworks and M2. See, I didn't even know about Redworks. The latter being founded by former Platinum Games CEO, Tatsuya Minami. The game was created using the RE engine as used in Resident Evil 7, Devil May Cry 5, and the Resident Evil 2 remake. Producers Masachika Kawata and Peter Fabiano said the team tried to honour the more action-oriented approach of the original game, Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, according to Wikipedia. The directors, well, there are four directors on this game. You've got uh, Yasuhiro Seto, who was also game designer on Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yasuhiro Anpo, who was a, also a director on Resident Evil 2 Remake. Yukio Ando whose CV involves uh, Monster Hunter stories and Onimusha Dawn of Dreams uh, and a few other old Capcom titles, Breath of Fires 3 and 4 and Clock Tower 3. And uh, Kiyohiko Sakata was the program chief on the original Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. So there is a at least one important through line there. Uh, the director of Resident Evil 2 2019, Kazunori Kadoi, is not credited at all on this game. I mention that just because if you were playing them back to back, you would you could definitely feel that there's a, a strong DNA connection between them. But actually, the directors were were different people. Game designers include Masanori Komine from uh, Resident Evil 7, DMC5, Dragon's Dogma and the Monster Hunter series. 
as well as Takashi Ishihara, who is the director and art director of Tetris Effect, which is a rather different game. Uh, missing again from Resident Evil 2, uh, designer Hidehiro Goda. Artists on this one, you've got Yonghee Cho, who uh, is one of the Platinum folks who worked on Nier Automata and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. But uh, also you've got Yuka Chi, who was a lighting artist for many years, working on games as eclectic and uh, Western indeed as Def Jam Fight for New York, which we previously covered. A couple of FIFA games, 06 and FIFA 12, Fight Night Champion, all at EA, EA Sports, and then on to RE Revelations and Resident Evil 2. And again, uh, the artists Jez Fry and Satoshi Takamatsu from the Re Resident Evil 2 remake, not involved in this one. Composers Kota Suzuki, also worked on Onimusha 3, Devil May Cry's 4 and 5, was the lead composer on Resident Evil 5, also worked on Resident Evil 6 and both Resident Evil Revelations games. And also uh, Azusa Kato was also a Resident Evil 6 composer. And again, the composers from Resident Evil 2 remake, not involved in this product, project or product both released uh, April 3rd 2020 so yeah we're just slightly ahead of a year at the time of recording the reviews were positive overall with the game averaging 80% on open critic which was uh, a, something of a fall away from the 90 something 92 i think it was for resident evil 2 user reviews wise there's a bit of a disparity between imdb where the game has an 8 out of 10 from 1.7 thousand punters and Metacritic, where the average across all three formats is a 6.1 out of 10 from 4,000 people. Still, the game sold not quite as well as RE2 Remake, which was, I think, nearer 5 million, but it still sold 3.6 million copies at the, the last report from Capcom. So what are our histories with the game? I imagine there's not too much to this, but uh, it not being a very old game, but... Um, yeah, how excited were we? Pumped for it after RE2 pre-orders, special editions. Did we complete it 18 times, starting with Leah? Yeah, so I um, never played the original Resident Evil 3. Mm -hmm. uh, I had watched, uh, you know, Let's Plays and, and that, that sort of thing. So I was, I was relatively familiar with it, and I had played uh, the remake of Resident Evil 2, so I knew kind of what the general gameplay feel was was likely to be. Um, so I, I I wouldn't say I was like hugely pumped for it, but I I did get it pretty pretty close to release. Um, I, as I recall, I actually got that um, in the same I think it was Best Buy order that um, had my copy of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, so it was just a remake of Palooza around about April last yeah. year when we were all kind of still settling into the, <laughs> the, um, the quarantine situation. Um, and I played it, uh, you know, right away and, um, really enjoyed it. Uh, I have played it through to completion twice, uh, which from what I understand is like on the lower end of the spectrum for a lot of people, um, given that it is a pretty short game. I, I think it's, uh, it does lend itself pretty well to multiple playthroughs if that's your thing. Um, I don't tend to do that as often, um, especially since I also had, you know, that seven remake, which was not a short game. Um, and yeah, uh, I played it once through uh, right at launch. 
uh, and then played it through again uh, a couple of weeks ago to refresh myself for the podcast. And I don't know, I'd say each of my playthroughs were maybe like five hours ish. Um, yeah. and, and that I, I am a, a person who tends to try and get all of the, the little side stuff and, you know, read all of the things that are laying around in the environment. So uh, I did that both times. So uh, you could get through quite quickly, I'm sure, if you wanted to. Um, but yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. We'll we'll talk about the specifics, but um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I am with with the uh, Resident Evil three make, if you will. Three make. Since somebody yeah. had to make that joke, it's not a good joke, but I'm getting it out of the way early. You're welcome. Yeah, we can trace that whole remake thing and <laughs> re three make thing all the way back, I guess, to the first time first time they did it. It's all good. Uh, Josh, what about yourself? Yeah, so I I was massively excited for this. Um, uh, anyone who listened to the the Resi 2 remake uh, issue that we put out uh, knew, knows that I'm a big, big fan of that game. I, I love that game. Um, and I, I really like the I really like the original Resident Evil 3 as well. And I thought, you know what what they did with Mr. X and Resident Evil 2? Like Nemesis is just a shoe in like it's just going to be amazing it's going to be brilliant um so i i was day 1 with this and and played it through in like 2 days um i've ended up doing uh two full replays of this uh two playthroughs of this um and the second playthrough so what something you unlock after the first playthrough is there's like a shop where you can unlock some um starting equipment yeah. So my second playthrough was considerably faster than the first playthrough because I just unlocked a bunch of like high level weapons which just demolish um demolish the uh, the enemies but um yeah so I played through this twice and on PC. Aha. Uh-huh. Leo you were on PS4? I was on PS4, yes. Yeah. Uh John? Okay, um I was uh super super excited for this game. Uh it's really rare for me to either get particularly hyped about anything, pre-order anything, even even buy things on day one. But I was so ready for, for this to come around, especially with the slightly crap time of year that, that it ended up being when it when it arrived. Um, so I was uh, hugely into all of the original Resident Evil games 20-plus years ago. Um, I don't have a huge amount of um, experience with the original three. It's one of the ones that I didn't have on the PlayStation or the PC. So I think I only first played it on the GameCube uh, probably, I know, like 2004, 2005. Um, and only only ever played it once or twice compared to the dozens of times I've played like Resident Evils 1 and 2. Um, so before this came out, apart from having recently played a lot of Resident Evil 2 Remake, I thought something that I wanted to try was to go back and play the original game again. So in the kind of the run-up to this, there was lots of pre-release stuff. There was a demo that came out that I devoured as well and then played through the original PlayStation Resident Evils 2 and 3 because I wanted to kind of compare and contrast the remakes to the to the originals. And in, I said before, like really rare form for me, I actually pre-ordered this. I did the whole thing. Um, you can do it on the Xbox. I don't know about the other platforms, but uh, on the day that it came out, I switched my region to whatever the furthest one ahead in time is, something like New, New Zealand. Zealand, I think. Yep. So I could get hold of it like 10 hours earlier. Yes. Um, and yeah, it was just all over it. I know I played through, I think the first time in two sittings, like 
probably two sort of three hour long sittings and just yeah. did everything like really, really thoroughly. I love the the way that the map's set up that you can tell that you've cleared rooms and things. And I'm also the sort of person who the minute you pick up like the the lockpick set or the um the bolt cutters that you get really early on in the game, instead of like progressing forwards, I would run back and go and open all of the locked doors that I hadn't been yes. to yet. And, and I would discuss later in some ways, I think that ruins a little bit of the the first part of the game. But you know, absolutely went through it with a fine tooth comb and then played it uh, another, I think, four times or five times over the course of the next few days to mm. kind of try out all the different difficulties and unlock all of the, the super powered weapons and stuff. Uh, and that was all that was all between like the 4th and I think the 7th or the 8th of April. And I've done another very nice kind of relaxed playthrough, but also quite sort of fine tooth comb trying to collect everything. Um today and yesterday to kind of refresh myself on it very good on uh, which uh, that's on xbox so, one x well i played the original resident evil 3 nemesis back in the day uh, and then replayed it for the podcast for those who don't remember the specifics of those individual shows because I, I don't myself most of the time uh and then with the resident evil 2 remake uh as discussed on that show, I was a little cool on it to start with, but by the time I'd played it through multiple times and uh, and, and whatever, I, I was uh, I was pretty much sold on it as uh, as a modern incarnation of Resident Evil Two. That led me to looking forward to this, uh, but I think it was uh, for some reason I didn't decide to buy it day one and i think it was partly there were some reviews ahead of time suggesting that it perhaps wasn't quite the marvel that the previous game had been uh and so i did wait for it to drop in price a little bit down to a sort of uh, 30 quid bracket and i think now you can get it for about half that uh which uh, as it is a short game this will be mentioned a lot uh sort of makes it seem perhaps you know a bit more palatable for some uh, I only got around to playing it, though, of course, in traditional fashion, just ahead of this podcast. Played it through on normal uh, last week uh, or the week, week before. Some 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 point in living memory uh, in recent months. Um, and that was on PS5 in the end, installed on, a, on an external SSD. So doesn't really make much difference. Effectively, you're playing the PS4 Pro version. Uh, and then I replayed it just last night and today on the easiest setting just to run back through and remember the order of events. Then I just quickly started not long before recording a, a third playthrough on the hardcore difficulty just to get a sense of how much harder it is. This will be your spoiler warning. You're probably already familiar with what goes down in Resident Evil 3, but there it is. We'll talk about the events of the game and the latter stages. Gingertastic01 is our first correspondent from the forum in this podcast. And Gingertastic says, After the superb Resident Evil 2 remake, I was excited to return to Raccoon City, so I bought this day one and played it over the weekend. Much like Resident Evil 2, the production values are of a very high standard, with the visuals and sound being a real standout. Enemies are suitably disgusting and slimy, whilst guns feel satisfying to fire. What I love about Resident Evil 3 is the pace of the game and the drive behind escaping Raccoon City. It is in stark contrast to the previous game where you were exploring the police station. From the very opening to the final credits, it just feels relentless. 
whether it is the subtle pulsating score or the pace in which you are navigating the city and finding new areas, it always felt that Jill was continuing her mission to get out of Dodge. As a result, the game can be quite linear in places, but they sprinkle in just enough classic Resident Evil exploring to get the balance just about right for what they're going for. Jill is my favourite Resident Evil character, and I wasn't disappointed with this new depiction of her. She has some great lines throughout the game and was a total badass. It's hard not to compare the two games having come out so soon after one another, but as a Resident Evil fan, I'm just happy we got both of these remakes as uh, and they are both great. As much as I love Resident Evil 2 Remake, I've not revisited it that much due to the stress inducing Mr. X. The stress inducing Mr. X, I should uh, emphasize. The same cannot be said for 3, where I've put in a silly amount of time trying to unlock new weapons, shortcuts and trying to finish it on the hardest difficulty. Although I wouldn't recommend trying to beat it on Inferno difficulty as the last boss fight is controller breaking. I think the last boss fight might actually be broken on Inferno. Like I'm not sure that the the way that it plays is how it is intended to. Like the the way that you get attacked is almost kind of the boss uh, sort of stun locks you, and it's very very uh, difficult. Yeah. Okay, that sounds like a, a horrible flashback to the Code Veronica boss fights that I remember. <laughs> is that the bit where you're trying to plunge the batteries back into the walls, the power cells? Yeah, is it, it it's is. attacking you before you have time to to do it it does of one of the moves it does like the hand slam on the floor stun locks yeah. you and you then get hit again and because it's the hardest difficulty you're just awesome. dead immediately wow, and that i think you've got super. to do it multiple times because yes. on i played on standard this afternoon and you only have to push the batteries in once and then um you get to do yeah. like the second final attack on them that's right but yeah. on inferno i think i think there's a lot more batteries pop out i think there's like six yeah. of them come out instead Makes of three sense. Yeah. And maybe you have to do it another time. I, I know it's ridiculous. It was by far the hardest part of anything in the game. Even with, mm. at that point, I had like an unlimited ammo rocket launcher. But you just oh, right. get you get completely destroyed by it. That doesn't sound good. No. Nah. Uh, is there anything that's locked out to you by the end of Inferno being that unfair? Uh, even trophies or achievements? Um, I think there is a trophy there's, there's for it, There's definitely achievements yeah. for it, yeah. I don't right. know about anything else. There's p potentially mm. concept art and models and things that unlock. And right. maybe um, some of the stuff that you can unlock in the store might be hidden behind it. Because a lot mm. of those things are hidden behind. You get points for doing certain things. And lots of those things are things that are tied to achievements and trophies and stuff. So maybe mm. maybe those as well. I mean, I know not Carl like beat the game five times. I don't know if he finished it on Inferno. If there is a way, no doubt somebody's found it out there. But uh, it doesn't doesn't sound too clever it's it's kind of it ends up being more based on luck than anything else unfortunately mm. it's it's almost like what attacks nemesis does at that point right. rather yeah. than anything okay. else you can be mm. extremely competent at it and it's still be impossible as we're diving straight into this if i was going to talk about the the difference in reception to the two games there's a few sort of key things in that the, the the overall size of the game and the and the variety and and the the linearity of this one compared to its predecessor but if there was one key thing given how how much of a meme that mr x became and uh you know and 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 how much people were enjoying playing with his fairly rudimentary but effective ai and the fact that he could stomp around the police station on different floors to you and come through doors and all that kind of thing the nemesis i think uh 
I think this was something I was going to say in my history with the game. I think it was, yeah, it was, it was catching wind of some of the reviews sort of saying, well, Nemesis should be, we were all hoping Nemesis would be an upgrade on the fear and the terror inspired by Mr. X. But for a lot of people, because it is that much more scripted, a lot of the sequences with Nemesis are just kind of push forward on the controller and run away. Uh, well, you can knock him down in a lot of places and, and you actually get things if you do, like he'll drop chests or he'll drop true. weapons yeah. and yeah. that kind of thing. And yeah. that's, that's also very similar to the original game. Yeah. Right. Well, that was yeah, what I was going to ask. About- for, for those of you who have played the original mm. Resident Evil 3, which I think is everyone but me, um, mm. it, it, from what I understand, like most of the time when you encounter him, you kind of have a choice to fight him or not. Is that that's right? Pre- that's pretty accurate. Yeah. And here, you don't really get that choice. I, you you when you are kind of just running around the environment, you can do that. But you if you fight him and knock him down, that doesn't stop him. He do, he will keep coming after you. And then that's when right. you get into the actual boss fights, like the the set piece boss fights. You do have to fight him. You can't just run away from those that yeah. I'm aware, unless there's something I'm completely missing. But no. I don't. I don't think, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think the 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 big difference between this and the original three is that the original three had more moments, like the beginning of this game, where it felt like you were in the open environment and Nemesis was chasing you, and it was still like it was nowhere near as you know, systemic as Mr. X's and two remake, um, the encounters with Nemesis in the original are still pretty scripted and pretty um, linear for the most part, but yeah. they had that feeling or illusion of like um, being part of the world and they were dotted more frequently throughout the campaign. Whereas here it just, it kind of feels like it only happens once or twice right at the beginning. And then Nemesis is just a boss fight a series of boss fights but again i think the key difference is the expectation so when we played resident evil 3 nemesis back in 1999 coming off the back of resident evil 2 in 1998 we'd seen mr x in that game and mr x was like a proof of concept of what nemesis yeah became in that game whereas this time to me and i think to others anecdotally it felt almost like it was the other way around where 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 mr x had emergent you could have emergent moments that would actually mix up the game uh would actually cause you to change tack and and sort of actually re-strategize your route around the police station the nemesis encounters pretty much like leas right you can choose to at least knock him down once but ultimately you're still it's it's always an escape which i i get and it's a it's a it's a driver for the whole thing but i think again just in terms of people's expectations and again i think some of the maybe some of the preview chat got a little bit excited about what nemesis was going to do yeah and i think maybe maybe people allowed their imaginations to get carried away i think that the issue really is that this was developed parallel to resident evil 2 not after yeah. And this is something I'm going to keep coming back to over and over again because my dream version of this game was a game that is properly integrated with the Resident Evil 2 remake and actually kind of weaves in and out of it as the story does and has way more references to the Resident Evil 2 game and 
you know, perhaps some even if you own both games, there could even be some actual crossover sections where you play one of the characters from the other game or something like that. It could have been, I never realized how elaborate and, and ambitious that would be. But there is it, probably a world in which this could have all been one game. Um, mm. and, and I mean, it would have been a huge game, but oh, yeah, but what, but what you're, what you're describing there, I think could could have happened because i mean they do have some references and and kind of tie-ins to the original or not the original to uh, yeah, to yeah. the resident evil 2 remake like yes. you you, you yeah. are in the same police station and you know mm -hmm. you see some things that will become relevant if you That's played right. resident evil 2 after this uh there's brad which brad's the real hero i don't care what anybody says um but you <laughs> but know, you, yeah <laughs> they do him right in this one he got done yeah. really dirty in the original resident <laughs> evil 3 he was yeah. kind of a hopeless character in that who just got killed. Yeah. But um yeah, you know, you you see basically what happened that the um I don't even remember the character's name unfortunately, but the uh the officer who you interact uh, Marvin. with Marvin. Marvin. Yes, thank Brandon. you. Um yes, but you you see what happened that he is in the state that he is in at the beginning of Resident yeah. Evil 2. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. so you know, you, there there's stuff in there. There are but, some bits. But You're yeah, right. yeah. it it could have been if if they had if they had gone in with the intention of kind of tying yeah. everything together in one package, then then it might have. I don't know. I, it's, it's a what if. Yeah, I, I like because even if if the game came out the way it is now in its current state, but it was positioned as DLC oh, or yeah. even just yeah. like a like a you know like a lost legacy or dishonored um, death of death of the outsider style yeah, kind of completely. mini mini sode. Um, yes. I think the reaction would be far less Completely negative. Mm. Yeah, um, especially given like the the kind of the lack of content that exists here. Uh, yeah. Even even compared to two, like at least two got some, and they weren't great, but it got some little extra campaigns. It got some extra modes added onto it. This is like literally just this one five hour game, and if you play it again, you're playing exactly the same yeah. thing. There's there's nothing. I mean, even in the uh, original uh, Nemesis. It had the mercenaries mode. It had multiple endings. It had all sorts of things yeah. that that this unfortunately didn't. It had uh, like choices during the game where you could choose to stay and fight or uh, run away or make make like different decisions on the on the railroad car thing that that's mm. driving around. Like it just feels that there's very little. Um, mm. I mean, I don't I don't think it's true that there's no replayability here, but the the no. things that are different in a in a replay are not as they were in previous games yeah it seems like it's almost more of a if if you do if you are a person who who likes to replay stuff for for this reason it's like a time attack it's like a score not not uh, literally a score yeah. chase but uh you, you know, got your grades to go for yeah, rest it, yeah, it, yeah. Well, like i guess it, i guess it kind of technically is a score chase in that yeah i yeah, didn't sure. really think about that but um but yeah. yeah i mean i i think we we are saying uh, uh some some negative stuff here and and i don't think any of us is is like trying to to downplay the game itself but no, I, no, no. I i think it is important to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit here and say you know if you if you like to replay games and it and it's a thing that you find rewarding to kind of see your own improvement in this. I think this is a game that does lend itself very well to that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not that person, but but I uh, but I, I do yeah. know people who are. So uh, it, it could be that. Oh, for sure. One of the things that we sort of don't tend to go overboard on considering when we talk about how much games mean to us or whatever is is the price of them, uh, how much they cost, but. 
you know, we obviously it is relevant. Sometimes we'll say, you know, now this game is super cheap. You've got nothing. You've you haven't got much to lose to 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 try it. And I think that's the case here. But this came out at the same price as the game like 12 months earlier mm. that was like four times the size. Yeah, I paid £50 uh, pounds for this on day exactly. negative yeah, one. I think, and- I think I paid the uh, the full price for mine. Well, I'm sure I did. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say that I'm disappointed that I paid no. full price for it. But on the other hand, this is also the reason that I normally wait for a month to see mm. sort of yeah. fallout settling and see a first price drop and see where people's minds end up after that original hype period because I I very much got swept up in it and I don't normally let myself do that. I I think in that said, though, I I personally went into purchasing this game at at launch kind of knowing what I was getting into. Like, I I don't feel like I was misled because I think there was a lot of preview coverage saying that, hey, this is pretty short. Like, there's not a ton here. Yeah. Maybe not even compared to Resident Evil 2. So I, I mean, the original I wasn't depends. that much longer, yep. to be honest. And that was the a full price game. The original was kind of a similar, similar situation, was it not? Like kind of a, not exactly a spin-off, but like a parallel That's thing. right. It yeah. was a guide in, yeah. uh, famously so. We talked about that in the show that it only ended up being called 3 because they thought it would sell more copies if it was called yeah, 3. Yeah, they added Jill uh, into it at a late right. point. It was supposed That's to be right. unknown characters or something. Uh, the other, there's another sort of odd similarity that I find, which is that, uh, again, we talked about this on our original run of, of podcast, but the Code Veronica game, although it felt more uh, because it was, you know, they may have aged worse and whatever, depending on your, your opinions on the uh, of the aesthetic, but Code Veronica looked more like it felt like it was a newer, more modern Resident Evil because it had, it was on the Dreamcast and it had polygons and it was massive and all this kind of stuff. But actually, there were some gameplay advances in Resident Evil 3 that were not included in Code Veronica because the, because of the order in which the games were developed. Here, you've got some interesting things. I, I think, for the most part, it's these are obviously both you know, games in the same engine. The tech looks and feels very similar. But the destruction tech on the zombies is visibly less elaborate yeah, and sophisticated that's, that's in this a game weird disappointment as well so you shoot the it zombies is. in the legs and stuff and the legs just disappear they just kind of yeah. pop off into nothingness in two they kind of went all squelchy and the zombies would fall over in a more kind of realistic looking yeah. way there's also a it bit- seems weird because this game they had 12 months after the last one came out so even if it was just a case of working those elements of the engine into this you would have thought they would have been able to do that so again to have it as feel like a backward step from a game that's a year older and costs the same price feels a, a little bit cheeky it felt it felt to me like more it was a and and i don't know if this is the case or not but just their focus was elsewhere like their focus was on making the the mm. nemesis character and those nemesis fights all the, right. the, the big centerpiece and you know some of the other monsters too like the we were talking earlier about the frogs in the sewer like or whatever they yeah. are the the hunters in the sewer <laughs> like it, gamma. the standard the standard zombies you don't i mean you you certainly encounter them but they're not really the focus here as uh, which is kind of what i felt they were in mm. in yeah. the uh, two well yeah i see in in general, this game is less interested in kind of systemic stuff. We already talked about how Nemesis is not as systemic as as Mister X, but that that also applies to the the rank and file enemies. Like mm. you know, the zombies can get up again in this, but it's nowhere near the threat that it was in Resident Evil Two because 
for apart from like the first hour or so of the game you're hardly ever backtracking on yourself and and returning to rooms so that element of the zombies is gone so like why why even bother with the whole like you know take out their legs why, why not just go for the head so part of me thinks like maybe that was a decision made because like it's just not really a consideration a consideration for the average player like they're just mm. going to go for the head and take them out i i i think given given the reaction to RE2 remake and the reaction to the original Resident Evil 3 i think it's reasonable for people to expect that capcom looked at the successes and failures of the original and look at the successes of uh re, you know to make and kind of make adjustments accordingly. Obviously, it came out after the fact that the game was made concurrently. So, how much like you know wiggle room they had to actually you know yeah. adjust the trajectory of the ship is is you know it was probably very minimal. But like, I don't think people were being you know they, I don't think they were misinformed or or they they were misguided for thinking that this you know some of the things that. Um, happened in two would be reflected in three i think three three nemesis you're right compared to one and two it was perhaps a bit more uh, gung-ho all action but it also had i think thinking back to our podcast and obviously it's been a few years and i've played a lot of games since but i actually remember us talking about some of the puzzles in nemesis being some of the most kind of yeah. stop the game in its tracks yeah that is, and, that is also and, true yeah. and actually you have you're going to have to work this out whereas there are literally about two puzzles in this entire game in the remake and they you will work them both out within about 25 seconds yeah uh that and from from that point of view and again three nemesis 1999 had the ammo press this has combining ammo but they've taken that sort of one one step out of it um but i mean yeah you could say that's a quality of life thing although there is actually a the tool you can you can buy that tool to put back into your game and you get more ammo out of it i suppose i like to imagine the things that that could have been included in here that would have made it better yeah you know i'm, I'm yeah. genuinely disappointed that the there is no clock tower in this there is no uh dead factory at the end of it i mean they replace it yeah. with something else that's kind of cool the clock tower just gets cut which is is quite a shame but uh yeah like, it's it feels like it's been very much kind of snipped down and streamlined and what's left is uh, an extremely fun game but it is also a fairly short and fairly linear yeah. game if if i i mean we'll probably get into the, the nuances in a bit but like i think ultimately a lot of my disappointment with the comparison to to make to this comes down to the fact that to make felt really brave in a lot of the decisions it made and it felt like it was drawing from all over the re kind of spectrum for inspirations like there's stuff it like the um the kind of knife mechanic um the kind of resurrecting zombies that wasn't in the original re2 that feels more like something from resident evil remake the, the kind of the new stuff they added in there the change to the the um uh, the liquors to make them blind and that becoming a new puzzle. Like there felt like there was uh, the, the creative team behind that had uh, the freedom to kind of 
toy and experiment and play with what the original did. Whereas with this one, it feels like the biggest change is the perspective, like the camera angle, but everything else that's different is cuts. It's things that have been removed rather than added in. And I think that's why it feels lesser. Well, there are, there are some things that play differently as well. So the original RE3 had a section very early on where uh, Jill returned to the police station and re-explored the police station in a state that was, again, pre where it had been in Resident Evil 2. And they sort of do that again here, but they do it differently. You're playing as Carlos instead, and it feels like the links between what you see in the uh, the police station here and the police station from RE2, like you see the uh, the fate of Marvin, you see what actually happens to him. Uh, you, you see Zombie Brad again, he turns up and is kind of a, a sort of an almost an optional puzzle that you take on. Um, you see a couple of the bodies that you found very early on in Resident Evil 2 Remake, you see what happens to them, like you see their fate. Um, and it kind of it ties lots of little bits like that in a way that I don't think you ever really got between uh, the original two games in here, and that that feels additive and that feels good, especially because they're mm. th- these two remakes are very close to each other time wise, and we've all played them much closer probably than uh, anybody remembers from the original games. So uh, that that was something that I I yeah. do like some of those changes very much. Yeah, so the game does have the story that we probably don't need to go into too much. Uh, Jill Valentine escapes the crumbling raccoon city amidst the nightmarish outbreak of the T-virus, a biological weapon and developed by Umbrella, while being pursued by the unrelenting bioweapon Nemesis. Characters and cast and script and performances, uh, well, again, harking back to the, the late, late 90s originals with their legendary dialogue and, uh, and, and performances... <laughs> Uh, I think, you know, I think it's fair to say that uh, things have come on a bit, certainly character models. Uh, so we've yeah. got uh, Jill voiced by Nicole Tompkins and Carlos voiced by Jeff Shine. Neither is a, a particularly, especially, you know, well-known voice actor for, for other things. Uh, the appearance of the characters in the game, they're both based on models because they like their pretty people. Uh, Jill is based on Russian model Sasha Zatova and Carlos Oliveira is based on Middle Eastern model Benson Mokhtar. And of course, the other main character in the game, apart from Nemesis, is Carlos's hair. <laughs> or lack of Carlos's hair if you yeah you can take it off and use the costume where he has his 1999 mid, uh, mid parting why would you do that like because <laughs> the hair doesn't then become distracting waving around and like being partially see-through in every oh, single stupid, cut stupid that's sexy how you pan out the runtime is you just stop every once in a while and you just pan the camera around and take a look at that beautiful mane of whatever that is <laughs> I, c- I do think it might be impractical having the, the sort of hair that just comes down over your eye, eye line if you're trying to be an absolute crack shot military uh, commando type. Carlos had his look significantly altered for the remake, whether well, you can, uh, as John says, go for the traditional look or a variant thereof. The same with, well, with Jill, you can go for her, her original RE1 look, not the infamous and notorious RE3 nemesis a uh, miniskirt and a boob tube look. Uh, uh, sur- survival tube top, please. <laughs> I think that might have been a My pre-order apology. bonus or something. Because I, I definitely had the original RE3 costume unlocked from day one. The oh, okay. um, the other one, the uh, RE1 costume, 
you only get that after you beat the game at least once and it's one of the unlockables from the item shop. Yes. So your first Carlos had his look significantly altered for the remake, looking more rugged and bulkier compared to the original. This change was change was based on criticism that the original look for Carlos was too pretty and boyish for someone who was supposedly a guerrilla warfare soldier. That's according to IMDb trivia. So they based him on a Middle Eastern model instead. <laughs> uh, but he looks fairly rugged. Um, I would say performance wise, it's all fine. Um, it's, you know, the script is the usual Resident mix of Evil hackneyed fair. action movie cliches. Yeah, I, um, I will say that um, Nicole Tompkins as Jill, I found to be a much more charismatic and engaging lead than either Claire or Leon in Two right. Make. Um, mm-hmm. I, look, I, I'm not saying like you know this is not Naughty Dog level acting or performance, but I felt like when uh, watching cutscenes in Two Make, it was very much like a CW like teen drama or something mm-hmm. like that. Whereas I think N- Nicole Tompkins is like believable as like, like a, like a John Wick level kind of a- action yeah, movie yeah. protagonist, yeah. right? She feels spirited performance. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and, and Carlos is, is, you know, he's, he's, he's appropriately... not as much of a creeper as he was in, uh, no, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's still got a, a little a bit creep. of that, but but he's, more, he's more of a himbo than a predator, I think, in, in this. Yeah. Yes. He's just a man under some hair. I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah. Aren't we all? Just a man who's a vessel for that <laughs> hair. <laughs> and, of course, the other main character, I suppose, there are some uh, mercs and things that, you know, they come and go. They they chew the scenery and twirl their moustaches, by and large. Uh, but there is... Uh, David Cockman actually voices the nemesis uh, with what few words and presumably a few grunts and effort noises and things like that. Uh, the nemesis T-type for it's it's essentially it's a it's a, a variant of the tyrant, isn't it? That that you're supposed to have fought in the first game. Another big thing with a uh, a clawed hand that can turn into various offshoots and tentacles and appendages. Uh, the difference here is that uh, you kill him once, he comes back bigger and nastier. You kill him again, he comes back bigger and nastier. He also uses weapons, uh, fires various uh, flamethrowers and rocket launchers and things like that at you. The design is uh, very closely based on the key art you'd have seen for the original. But obviously the the visuals then, I would say, I mean, the, the, the character models in this talk, I know we're joking about Carlos's hair, but um, but like the Jill character model is is pretty outstanding, you know, modern modern interactive CG level, I would say. And Nemesis, I think, is um, is a, is a cool looking thing, even after twenty years. Uh, I love the way it starts off, still basically in in its wrapper, uh, and uh, and the more you fight it throughout the game, I'd say. I mean, it's got some. It's it's fairly familiar. In, in a lot of ways, movie monster, Resident Evil monster stuff, but um, but I think that face with the with the stretched up teeth, there's, I suppose there's a bit of the um, the Cenobite about it, the the Hellraiser yeah. kind of thing. I do. It's think, quite cool. I, I do think it's interesting comparing this design to Mister X's design because mm. I I think Mister X is scarier. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like a less is more situation, yeah, where right. because. Mr. X is just like his face is completely blank and emotionless. Right, it makes yeah. it creepier that he's mm. pursuing you so relentlessly. Whereas mm-hmm. Nemesis, 
looks like he's just jumped out of a Todd McFarlane comic book. He's just right. angry to the extreme, like snarling, nasty, and it's because it's more familiar because it, it like there's more like signifiers of danger. It's almost like less unnerving and less a like alien. Um, and yeah, the the end result is it's still like intimidating, right? It's still yeah. it's a I like the design, but I don't think it's as effective. Uh, a horror creature as Mr. X is. So I w I would uh, I would like to make a uh, a comparison here, and I hope that you will all stick yeah. with me. Uh, Resident Evil Two is to Alien as Resident gotcha. Evil Three <laughs> is to Aliens. Right, right. Um, yeah, but but I I, I agree. Uh, it, it's. I I am very much a horror movie and game fan, and the ones that I genuinely find disturbing, and as as opposed to the ones that I just think are kind of you know fun and enjoyable, um, are are the ones where it's more of a psychological thing than it is kind of a gross out you know gore fest, and that's more of what Resident Evil Two is like. Resident Evil Three, you don't ever you don't ever have to wonder if Nemesis is after you. If he is, you will know it because he will make himself known you know resident evil 2 nemesis or um mr x rather you you know part of part of the scary bit is that you might turn a corner sometime and he will just be standing there to grab you by the throat that's not something that nemesis is ever going to have happen because he's so loud and aggressive and nasty and noisy that it's it's definitely scary but in a different way um that that i find to be less less creeping dread i i think i used that phrase before yeah, but it's it's, still it's, kind of fits. it's tense it is really tense um mm -hmm. but it's it's not it's not that it's not that same level of unnerving like the hearing of like mr x's boots in the, in the distance just mm. his presence was enough to to unsettle even if he wasn't an immediate danger whereas uh, yeah like nemesis by comparison is like that like teenager who constantly wants to get your attention and it just wears thin i think we i mean obviously we've talked about the the art and the and the technology quite a bit with the resident evil 2 game and it is very similar here we've talked about maybe some of the areas in which it um with uh, speak, speaking about the the zombie dismemberment stuff perhaps it, it it's uh that's the one area in which this isn't quite up there with the, with the previous game but otherwise um, you know, this is a 60 frames a second game uh, pretty much all the time. Certainly, I didn't notice any uh, significant drops, I suppose, playing it on PS5. You probably wouldn't, even if there were any on base PS4 or Pro. Uh, but obviously, that 60 frames a second gives you nice, you know, everything feels very responsive and look, looks very immediate. Um, the The environment's you know detailed nicely lit um any anything that any of you want to say about the, the 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 graphics of this video game yeah i i will say i think like the the exterior areas are much more vibrant and full of life compared mm -hmm. to the exterior areas in resident evil 2 make i love the yeah. sign design i love the posters um and it just feels a bit more bustling like it was a living breathing city just moments ago yeah. whereas re2 almost feels like the last of us at points where it's been abandoned for ages rather than being mm. right in the middle of the apocalypse 
I guess that makes sense because RE three starts earlier, doesn't it? The yeah, true. RE two yeah. happens midway through RE three. I think it's at the point where Jill's that's right. um, Jill's knocked out in the hospital is when RE two is supposed to take place. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, the sewers um, are pretty gnarly. There's a bit where you have to walk through like a, a <laughs> just a shower of. Yes, uh, which is quite amusing. Um, she says, I'm going to burn these clothes. Uh, but, um, you know, Carlos thinks nothing of it when he finds her hours later, having been nearly killed for half a day and been in a sewer. He's uh, he's able to put up with the stench. Um, she never does. It's because his hair smells so oh, yeah. good that it just masks everything else. He's probably got some, some beautiful product in there. He must have. How much conditioner you think he goes it's through? Sort of a wet it's look. Be a lot, right? I think maybe it's the, the yeah, yeah, Gel. maybe. Yeah, <laughs> we're back to Carlos's hair. <laughs> All roads. I knew this would happen. Go back. Yeah, <laughs> I think one of the things that I thought about this that was quite um quite a, a benefit over two, and the sewer section really brings it into mind is the idea that a lot of these areas are fairly short and more linear means that you never really get to that point of being frustrated with them like I found with some of them in, in 2. Like the sewer mm-hmm. level in 2 was a horrible maze of just disgusting wading through liquid and horrible enemies popping up. And because really, if you know what you're doing here, the sewers are like two corridors that are linked together that you can run through them in just barely more than a few minutes and there's only a handful of enemies. Yeah. So although it was awful and disgusting... It never had that that sort of weighing effect on me. That I, I mean, I dreaded every time I played through RE2, oh, no, I've got to do the sewer bit again. Whereas here, it was just like, oh, okay, there's five things that look like mutated chicken frogs with horrible mouths, and then I'll be yeah, done with they're it. They're quite easy to kill those compared to the Resident Evil 2 sewer monsters I found yeah, as well. Yeah, I hated Grenade the, launcher um, them directly to the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> were they in, was it uh, the adult G mutations or whatever they were in, in 2? Mm. Those things were awful to fight. And there were tons of them down there as well. Whereas these yeah. these creatures, like you're almost just like one and done. And it's the same with the um, the substation area, which again is absolutely disgusting. And this, I think, this is something that's very different from the original RE3. Yes, yeah, um, you, yeah. That that was a right pain that section, uh, or the equivalent section in the original game. Yeah, and you've got the enemies in there. They're called Drain Demosses or something like that. That they're, they're like it. cockroach mutations like cockroach spiders or something and in in the original re3 those enemies were kind of the like the counterpart to the hunters there were lots of areas in re3 where they did a weird thing um where if you failed and reloaded you'd often have things differently so you'd run through an area the first time and there'd be hunters in there you'd die and reload a previous save go back through the same area and there'd be these drain things instead and even even to the point where the weapons and stuff can be can be different in different places in the original. But um, I can't remember what the actual point I was trying to make was. Like in the the drain creatures are really awful, and it's some also disgusting body horror of them shoving like a, a probos- proboscis thing <laughs> yeah. down your throat, and you have to they sort of impregnate you. Yeah, you have to eat a herb, and, and you then, have to take health. Yeah, yeah and then Jill throws that's up. Much- and, it's it's yeah. all kind of gross, but again, it's a segment that you run through it in a few minutes, come out the other side. Once you know and, it. Yeah, yeah, and you never sure. see those things again. They only appear in their, I yes. guess, their canonical kind of nest area, which makes some sense. Yeah. They're a sort of traditional Resident Evil thing to have some monsters which are very much locked to a location. Uh, and then it's a shock or a surprise, like uh, 
later in the in this one you get one of the the hunter gamma things pop out of a tank uh you know like a big containment unit at you in a place where you haven't seen one before and stuff like yeah. that that really got me the mm. first time because you when you when you are in that position uh there's also like a a a different crate on the That's other right. side yeah. of you yeah. that has a bunch of zombies coming out of it so you're kind of trapped between the two and you got to really it's, manage which way you're facing or else you just get Yeah, your it's head almost designed I would say this game is not that creepy but it does have a fair few decent kind of jump scares. How about the audio in this game? Um I I mean I think the the it's I've said this before recently on podcast but when we're covering modern AAA action games it almost sometimes feels redundant to talk about the audio because it will just sound so good like it it sounds so convincing and real like what what do you say about it but um but there's a lot more going on than probably I I give it credit for in terms of um making sure that the acoustics are right in different locations and things like that and and actually I'm sure there's way more that can be done in that regard I think we're still probably some generations away from audio being fully. What's if it's not photorealistic? It's um I don't know what you'd say. Uh, what the equivalent audio is for realistic? Well, yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, loads of you know loads of pleasing squelches and satisfying bangs and all that kind of thing. Um, Music-wise, uh, some some familiar cues from the older games. Um, and some new stuff and yeah uh, for me a mixed bag of some nice and atmospheric cues and some fairly uh rote mundane action stuff but overall yeah i'm happy with it i i think it it the music is is totally serviceable it i i just think it's a bit of a shame that it's not quite as memorable as the original because i mm. remember especially the the music that played when um, Nemesis was around or when he wasn't around yes. but could be around yeah. uh, was particularly memorable. Whereas yeah. here it's kind of there are the there are definitely, as you said, like cues that kind of hint at that original mm. original piece, but it's kind of anon- uh, anonymized a little bit and feels mm. more like I, I hate to say this, but like generic kind of AAA action soundtrack rather than the more kind of unique nature of the original nothing more on the audio no i i I kind of agree with the with the uh the standard is is met here uh like it it's Mm. i i don't think that there's anything completely outstanding it is very squishy um but (laughs) uh but yeah i i think this is one of those situations in which it is good audio because where you would actually notice it would be if it was not good enough. Like right. that, that yeah. would be where, and it, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of the fact that we don't notice it specifically might yeah. actually be a good thing in this case. But maybe it's not of the, you know, where like I imagine thinking back to our Half-Life 2 show, Josh and I would have just been going, oh my God, the sound that this makes and the sound that that's ma- that makes and, and probably me on things like Defender as well, stuff like that. Like um, there probably aren't too many sounds in here that, will stay with you for the rest of your life but uh but it but it's all fine yeah i mean it's quite like um some of the pieces of music that played through it like there's nothing there's nothing incredibly earwormy like i'm not sitting here now no. like whistling any of the music i mean the the song that plays over mm. the ending credits which i think i heard somewhere was 
the same song from the original that they've tweaked or maybe re-recorded it or something, uh, done okay. a done like a better version of it. That that was very good, and I I sort of remember that one quite well. The Save Room music, which is a, a very Resident Evil thing, here kind of very subdued, um, not as memorable as some of the the pieces from previous games. But there were lots of points earlier when I was playing through it, and the music is there and it's very noticeable. And I remember sort of going into an area and thinking, oh, the music's kind of changed. We've now got like, uh, you know, a little piano tune playing underneath it. And there's a mm. bit where it sounds a bit farty, like the, uh, what is it, the basement music in Resident Evil 2 that's incredibly discordant no, nonsense? No, it's the, uh, it's the, uh, the, what are you talking about? The notorious Resident Evil 1 director's cut uh, with the compositions from the guy who pretended he was deaf. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm, it's definitely a oh. piece from Resident <laughs> Evil 2. I think it's like the basement okay. or the sewers. This is in the original game, not in the remake. But it's very, yeah. it's like an, it's like someone mashing an accordion, like messing about with an accordion mm. in a way that is not really playing it properly. And there was some notes of that sort of thing. And I really enjoyed it while it was going on. But I, apart from the saver and music and the, the ending credit song, I couldn't tell you what any of it, is now i can no. sing it back to you now even I six wonder, hours later so re2 they did the thing of allowing you to um rebuy <laughs> the soundtrack for the original and actually uh add it to the options in your your sound menu and, and play with with your your old favorites on I, I wonder why they didn't do that for this game you know what really deserved its own theme but didn't get it hmm? carlos's hair, hair. Yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> Something with strings. <laughs> Something bouncy. Yeah. JC Van Dan from the forum. Van Dan, that is, says, I'm writing this just after I've put my controller down in frustration and boredom halfway through the game. I managed to persevere up to the hospital, another bland and small environment. But once the protect Jill horde mode section kicked in, I thought, nope, that's enough of this. Gone are the iconic puzzle box environments like the mansion and the police station where you spend a large chunk of the game. Gone is the creeping dread and sheer terror of those environments as you inch your way around with hardly any ammo, waiting for the next horrid thing to jump through a window. Instead, we now have lots of ammo, grenade launchers in the first hour, machine guns and lots of running around spraying bullets like I'm playing Gears of War. The only bit that had me tense were the tyrant sections and I hated them. The game kept forcing me to try to run past him in alleyways and on staircases where I couldn't fit past, hoping that when he hit me, the damage animation would take me past him. Did you try the dodge button? Uh, combine this and the fact that you really don't want to waste ammo on him and you're in for a horrible and frustrating time. I compare this with Mr. X in RE2, who had me absolutely crapping my pants as he pursued me around the police station, never really in danger of getting hold of me and easily lost still there all the same and making me feel unsafe there are other unfavorable parallels that can be drawn with two such as the sewers the sewers in two are a horrible place that made me feel sick with fear particularly the red room with the lovecraft-esque heaving monstrosities in three i genuinely laughed aloud when i saw the hunter gamma for the first time then shrugged when i killed them all in one or two shots with my overabundance of grenades and flame rounds you can probably tell i don't really like this game I agree with a lot of that, actually. I, I mean, I, I don't think that it ruined anything for me personally, but uh, but there's there's a lot of fair criticism, or well, I mean, I guess it's all fair criticism, but uh, I, I agree with a, yeah. a number of these things. <laughs> I, th I think this is, this is one of those games where I, I do largely agree with all of the points that are made by detractors of the game. I just mm. 
overall find the kind of nuts and bolts, the kind of core yeah. loop of the game so appealing yeah. that it mm-hmm. doesn't matter? Because, like, on a fundamental level, um, ev- even though they've they've taken away the kind of labyrinthine level design and all of that stuff, the moment-to-moment still feels an awful lot like RE2, and mm-hmm. RE2 feels really, really good. Um, and like the set pieces are fun and thrilling and it it all goes down really smoothly it doesn't have the friction of re2 the like the, the kind of satisfying friction of re2 yeah but um nothing here like there's nothing i can point to here where i'm like actively frustrated or or disappointed with it like i think no um like yeah the the only thing um the the only disappointment comes from stuff that's like missing like i like john you mentioned earlier that the clock tower section is completely gone from this game it's reduced to a a boss fight you know that there are puzzles that are missing but what's here is a really well executed version of what was in the original yeah i think there's a it's a jc van dan's post there is uh there is a, a decent amount of ammo even on the normal difficulty yeah. but i wonder if i wonder if jc shouldn't have made i mean maybe maybe you did jc but uh i would recommend trying the the toppermost difficulty setting that is open from the beginning which is nightmare uh, i think yeah. hardcore maybe uh, it's one of one of the uh yeah that sounds there's, right i know hardcore. there's two unlockable ones that you only get on subsequent yeah. playthroughs there's there's basically easy normal and hard but everything you you're much more fragile everything's harder to kill there's there's far fewer ammo drops you know uh, and all that kind of thing and it also sounds like maybe you didn't use the dodge because i didn't either for for a lot of it because i found it very difficult to um get that to work uh Uh effectively so i i i'm it's i actually i i i get it (laughs) If you can get the timing right on that dodge, it actually becomes in incredibly powerful. Um, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially against Nemesis. Um, yeah. Uh, it like I mean, I'm sure we've all seen those videos online of people just squaring off with Nemesis with a knife, and the fact that that you're even able to do that with this mm. dodge system, I think, is a credit to it because I think. The dodge in the original uh, was way more awkward and and way more uh, finicky. Unreliable. To yeah, yeah, the timing on the original one was even more difficult to hit. Like here, it's uh, I'm going to draw comparisons to like uh, parrying and reposting in in the Souls games. Like if you mm-hmm. can pull it off, it's an incredibly useful tool. But it's one of those things where if you fail to do it, you're the one who's taking you know quite a serious punishment for it. Right, and it it is difficult to do. Um, it's even even more fun when you can actually start nailing it down. And Carlos's like his uh, shoulder charge, which then turns into a punch if you if you really nail the timing, like mm. the the ease that you can take down those hunters in the hospital that gave me probably more trouble than anything else throughout the course of the game the one room that has the the two of them in the little room and then once you leave it and come out there's another one and the say the auto save happens right before the hunters at the the first two so you've got to get a couple of zombies and then all three hunters in the go Uh, i think i probably died and reloaded and had to redo that point so much more than anything else like but if you can they can one shot you which is yeah, from <laughs> if not full health, they yeah. definitely get you from like the the light yes. green fine. 
Um, yeah, it's a shocking moment. But if you can, if you do the punch on them and then it goes into slow motion, they go flying backwards. It makes it so much easier to take them out. I mean, you can literally just punch them to death if, uh, you know, if you can manage to get the timing down three or four times. It's worth saying that uh, although you have to, I think, complete the game once on any difficulty to unlock the store, uh, which is, you know, again, sort of appropriate to the rest of the game, the presentation's all very bare bones. You're not going to get any kind of fancy uh, interactive place. You just get a menu screen with words and numbers on it. You can buy an item for a few thousand player points or whatever they're supposed to be called that you earn just by playing regularly and you can buy i think it's chris redfield's stars training manual or something like that yeah. and that opens up the timing window on the dodge yeah. yeah uh so if you combine that and also buy some of the extra uh inventory inventory slots that you can buy from the shop uh you can and you can actually stack those books apparently so if you have more than one you open up the window of timing even more something like that so there are ways of yeah kind of absolutely destroying this game i think maybe those maybe that's what you need to do the final boss on inferno as we were talking earlier maybe if you've got the extra the the dodge capacity you can somehow but then you're still attached to that battery thing aren't you so that probably wouldn't yeah and they anyway. i mean they take up inventory slots and things so it's it's an interesting system that store um, it's quite mean in what you would generally get. Like I ran through the game and I think the vast majority of the things that you get the points for are uh, things that are also tied to the achievements and stuff. So I finished the game this afternoon with, I think virtually all of the achievements I got were just for doing storyline stuff. I maybe got a couple of the additional kind of collectible things on it. And I finished the game and it gave me... I, I want to say it was something like 7,800 points for right. to spend in yeah. the shop. Um, the infinite yeah. ammo rocket launcher costs 60-something thousand, so that's kind yeah. of out, out the window. I think with, with the yeah. 7,500 or 7,800, I got the the costume for Jill, which I think was 2,000, and one of the uh, increased um, inventory slot ones, which was something like 4,800 or 5,000. So you're not you're not getting a huge amount that you can spend stuff on unless, I mean, maybe if you went through and you did all of the collectibles and stuff in the first playthrough of the game, then maybe you'd have a, a slightly more decent amount. But I mean, some of those things are, are realistically like tied behind grinding and stuff as well. There's a lot of the things. You know, it kind of, uh, kind of sounds like what they're doing is they are trying to put in a reason for replaying a, a bunch of times, uh, you know, and 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 a a reward for doing so. Uh, I it, it it I don't know if it's a great reason because it sounds like it's kind of you know not it's hidden a, a little bit, but uh, I, maybe that's what that was aiming for. I don't I don't know. Question mark. It, it feels like that is the case. I mean, it is something mm -hmm. that it, it forces you to think about. Oh, I could play this again, and if I did slightly better than I did on my first run, then I'll be able to unlock the infinite ammo handgun or something to make it more interesting and. You know that then makes it easier to do the harder difficulties and to do the speed runs and stuff. So it is it is definitely in that kind of vein of uh, pushing you for replayability. Yeah, and then presumably within the speedrunning community, there are different types of run. I you know from fresh save file or one where you've unlocked absolutely everything. I'd imagine like the absolute if you skipped every cutscene and uh, and whatever else uh, and only went through the critical path. 
this game could be done in something absolutely ludicrous, like sub two hours. I oh, think. easily. I was going to say, I, there's there's definitely yeah. a trophy for a, a certain time limit. I, I don't remember what that time limit is. But, but, S- but yeah, there are, yeah. there are S rank speed runs on the hardest difficulties, I think. I did one with the Infinite Ammo Rocket Launcher. I think it was on the hardest difficulty, and it was, oh, I mean, I might be misremembering this. But I don't think it was much more than an hour. Yeah, that that sounds feasible, actually. And I, these things are always much, um, much faster than than you actually suspect they're going to be. Because uh, here we go. Yeah, Resident Evil Three standard speed run, formal world record. Um, I don't know what it is now, but uh, I can see one for yeah, forty seven minutes here. Yeah. 47 minutes, 48 seconds. Yeah. And that's pretty swift. If you're using um, uh, multiple playthroughs and using items that you can buy in the shop for Mm. subsequent runs, you can also start the game off with, I think, the lock picks and the bolt cutters, which means that you can fast track through quite a bit at the beginning and not not have to return to areas. You also get coins that make you either deal more damage or but raise your defense skills and stuff so yeah. this with the the shop unlocks and stuff there's a lot that would make speed running significantly faster and easier yeah as i say there there's there's must be separate times for for without yeah, like- stuff and with stuff um uh, yes. I found it. There is a gold trophy called Sprinter uh, to right. complete the game under two hours. So, two hours. Okay. Yeah. Easy then. Easy. Sure. Uh, my 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 second playthrough on assisted, where I still kind of did the thing that John was talking about of going to all the boxes that I didn't need to go to because I ended up with a you know two chests full of healing stuff anyway. But I just can't resist because uh, I'm that kind of player. It was still like yeah about four hours. That's me not even trying to be fast, really. So, yeah. Um, and it's an interesting hobby and an interesting industry, an interesting art form or media form in the sense that, again, obviously we don't measure the quality of video games by time. And, and I don't think it's even a sensible thing to judge necessarily like, you know, how many hours of a game you are going to get for your $60 or 70 quid or whatever it is. But having said that, again, this was a full price game that is, yeah, uh, at at most six, seven hours long, even if you're a, a super careful player where you if you if you are a person who is just thinking, right, I have this much money to spend on video games and it's got to last me. Uh, obviously, yes, you could replay and replay and replay this. But there are loads of games out there for the same price that will last you 50 100 150 plus hours and at that point i guess the sort of the the value the time per dollar consideration might come into effect even if it isn't about the quality of your experience you know um, no i i think that's totally fair and it, it's probably something we could have a much larger discussion on but yeah. i yeah it's i think that those of us on this show and uh, and most of probably most of the Kingdom Hearts team in general are a little are, are a little skewed in that way in that uh, yeah. most of us uh, tend to go through more games than somebody who only buys that's you know right. a couple a couple a year or or yeah. whatever the case may be whether that's by their choice or just that that's all they budgeted for or whatever you mm-hmm. know it it for some people that is definitely a a consideration and I I I, I think that. 
it's it's not for me personally, but but it it could be, and I yeah right. I, I, just yeah. worth note worth noting, it, even if it doesn't you know yeah. ultimately change how we feel about the game. Yeah, we 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 embrace short games because uh, it means we can Let's play more of more. them. Yeah. And actually, yeah, and and like I mean, the Resident Evil games, as I said, even the first one was probably the first time I played it was probably about eight nine hours maximum, and that was before I knew anything about the genre or you know because who did unless you played Alone in the Dark maybe or Sweet Home, and uh, and that was a forty five quid game in nineteen ninety six, which is the equivalent of about eighty ninety quid now. So yeah. It's uh, it's not really outrageous or anything. It's just it's just. A I thing. mean, I can I can see a hypothetical past here where you know I'm twelve at Christmas time. My parents get me this game. I go away and sit down and play it, and come back six hours later, and my parents ask me, "Oh, how's the game going?" And I say, "Oh, oh you yeah. already beat it." Yeah, and they get mad about the fact that they the spent- amount of times that's happened to me over the years. Although normally it's bemusement rather than anger. But yes, go, even going back to to getting games from my mum as a child, like she still gets me video games for birthday and Christmas if I ask for them, by the way. But I don't tend to go into detail about how I've played them or whatever. Um, but yeah, totally. I would say she would like spend 30, 40 quid. Well, I guess it wasn't always that much. But um, by the time we got to the 16-bit era, it was that much. And then, yeah, like so she might get me a game like, something by bullfrog powermonger or populous and that would last me literally forever because i'd never finish it because it was so vast but then she'd get me another christmas she'd get me like a a cartoon platformer and i'd finish it the same day and she'd be she'd be like oh my god i've just you know like you almost see the color drain from her face uh but i'd say no honestly it's great i've seen it all i like it and i'll play it again and and that feels that feels good strange business and there's no more blockbuster that you can go and i mean you got this from blockbuster for a night you'd be very happy with it but (laughs) no longer the case yeah no uh gameplay wise uh, one thing that um is probably worth mentioning is the fact that this game starts with a little first person vignette sort of uh obviously resident evil 7 biohazard was a first person game marking a departure for the series uh, generally went down well. I'm sure there are some people who weren't happy with it at all, especially those who suffer from motion sickness. But overall, uh, we covered that game in a podcast some time ago. Check that out. Why do you think they did this? Why did they start the game in first person? And do you think it was effective? I just found it a little disorienting, really, because I knew what was coming. I knew this was a Resident Evil 2 style remake game. Uh I suppose it put me in the literally in the in the head of the character. I normally love first person stuff, but it I didn't really get what the Well, it's a dream sequence, so I think they just wanted I, I think it's probably just as simple first as the bit is, the second bit isn't. Mm. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Uh yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I, I mean if it if I, I was thinking it was the the whole thing was a dream sequence, mm. but uh, in that case, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, because I was going to say they just needed a way to kind of differentiate it. But yeah, because uh, hmm. you wake up, uh, you think you wake up, but you, you you go to the sink, and then she, yeah, she's there's some PTSD going on. It's you know, fairly, I mean, it's pretty much forgotten about. There's this this isn't the sort of um, in the way that uh, say Iron Man three tried to deal with um, Tony Stark's post. Um, avengers uh ptsd it doesn't sort of do that because she's just goes back to being a 
kick-ass badass after this one sequence but i think the idea was they were trying to cement the idea that the art clay mountain experience the resident evil one scenario has actually had some kind of long-lasting psychological effect on her but for some reason they they have this first person sequence which is very classic modern video game first person horror but then as soon as nemesis turns up that's all that out the window let's go on an aliens michael bay style (laughs) romp yeah there's there's one other point i think in the hospital when jill's waking up where she has a dream sequence with carlos turning in front of her and that's kind of in the same first person strange view right because she's lying in the bed at that point though so i suppose you're right it is first person but you don't have control over the no that one's just a cut scene but it's from a first person point of view I, I thought this was really mm. odd. One of the things that really bugged me about it was things don't look right in first person. Like it feels like it's been it's a world that's been designed to be seen through that third person view. So when I was messing about mm. with it yesterday, I was walking around Jill's apartment, kind of looking at all of the little details. And there's a bit where there's yeah. I think there's a half eaten pizza in a box or something on the table. And I was looking at it in the first person view, and it looks really weird. Like the the perspective on it's not right. You know. Um, how the models and stuff in like Duke Nukem are constantly <laughs> facing the front and yeah. designed for you to be looking at it. This pizza in yes. the box sort of looked like that a little bit. It looked like it wasn't sitting <laughs> properly or something. And I thought, oh, maybe that the problem here is that you're supposed to be seeing this from a different angle, from a, you know, behind the shoulder, like raised up sort of viewpoint. And it just doesn't, doesn't work in first person mode. I, yeah, I, I have to be honest. I, 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 I I'm not saying, um, that's not in the game. I I didn't really notice that. I think for me, the effect of first person is that it makes you feel more fragile, and it's it's a much more intimate perspective. Yeah. So I understand that, like, it, it's it, it kind of clashes with the re- rest of the game. So I don't necessarily disagree with the point that Leon's making, but I do understand it from a a tone setting perspective of like you do feel more susceptible to danger in a first-person perspective. It's why they made that decision in Seven, whereas the third-person perspective feels more empowering. It feels like you fit, like Resident Evil, the, the reason why you feel like a bit of a super soldier in Resident Evil 4 is because of that angle, is because of that perspective, and it's the same here. So I think they just wanted to have moments where Jill felt a bit more fragile and a bit more... Uh, a bit hmm. more susceptible to danger. Fair enough. Nup Raptor from the forum says, In 1999, I played Resident Evil 3 Nemesis, and I had a good time, but it felt like a weaker experience when compared to the sublime Resident Evil 2. In 2020, I played the Resident Evil 3 remake, and I had a good time, but it also felt like a weaker experience compared with the sublime Resident Evil 2 remake. Problem extends to the relentless tyrants in the two games. In 1999, the titular Nemesis always felt like a weaker rehash of Mr. X to me. Yes, they were doing more with him, but when we saw those tricks with Mr. X, they were so much more impactful because of their novelty. In the remake, they've gone in a slightly different direction. While Mr. X was woven directly into the gameplay of the police station section of the Resi 2 remake, Nemesis is used more for set pieces and boss battles. It's fun to fight Nemesis, but it means that he actually feels like less of a real relentless threat than Mr. X did. That was a slightly different take on on mine, which was that I felt the original three Nemesis's Nemesis was an upgrade on Mr. X from the original ne- 
uh, Resi 2, whereas this time it didn't. But um, maybe that's just partly because I've yeah forgotten the impact of Mr. X from the original game. In It's been eclipsed by Mr. X in the remake. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Ben77 million from the forums says, First thing I did after beating Resident Evil 3 was buy the PS4 version of Resident Evil 6. Rather than inspiring dread or tension in me, the Nemesis encounters in 3 made me miss the Ustanak from 6. I don't mean to imply that 3 is such a bad game it made me yearn to play the critically derided 6 because it's a fine game, it's just entirely unremarkable compared to the unpredictable absurdity of the latter. The trappings and encounters of 3 are so tame that the core gameplay loop of unlocking 3 doors, picking up 9 items, then bumping into Nemesis quickly became routine. In 6, every Ustanak set piece was markedly different from the one before, in terms of both setting and the means by which you had to engage the massive fiend. In 3, the character models are brilliant and the controls are smooth, but the only memorable moment from the experience was firing the railgun at the climax, by which point my investment in the game had long since faded. I did not expect Ustanak to get brought up <laughs> in this podcast. I, I cannot say that this is a journey on which I can go with you, friend. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything that actually makes me want to play Resident Evil. <laughs> I, kind, yeah. I kind of, uh, even though ultimately I disagree, I kind of get where this poster is coming from yes, in that yes. there, there is something to being memorably incompetent versus competently <laughs> mundane, if that makes sense. Um, Fair, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot of great films and albums and, and, and other pieces of art and media that, yes, I, I completely agree. Um, I watched Jason X on purpose last night, so um, I guess <laughs> I get it. You're in a fine position, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was funny because... I thought I could remember nothing about Resident Evil 6 other than a sense of boredom. But when this, when I saw this post and, and put it on for the show, I thought, actually, yeah, Ustanak, now you mention him, there were some, that had some bits that were, it's just, it's still in there, whereas lots of bits of lots of games are pretty much gone. But yeah, Ustanak, well, having said that, the whole time I was playing Resident Evil 3, I was not thinking... I really want to play six again, but <laughs> I, th I still think I will listen to our Resident Evil six show. It, it's an interesting one because I still having completed it, having made the podcast, having researched it, having thought about it. I still don't understand why it is what it is and why it isn't what it could be and how I feel about it other than yes. Why? Why was something so big and just so why? well made just so why? boring? That's all. Yeah, just <laughs> what? Just what happened? And how? It's it's like a, an enigma. Resident Evil Six. Such a weird game to me. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'm so yeah I'm so sure of so many opinions in the, in 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 this life, especially on video games. But Resident Evil Six just refuses to sit somewhere comfortable in my head. It's a black hole. Will Nothing they remake good will it? Come of it? Yeah. Will they remake it once they've done all the others? Re-released it at least once. You remember when they? Yeah, were, yeah. You can get it on current gen. Yeah, last year, like they were talking about porting it to the Switch, and I remember people on Twitter being genuinely excited that they were going to play Resident Evil Six again, which seems. I mean, wild. that's a great. 
it's Maybe a great it's example like childbirth. For me. Your 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 mind just kind of wipes <laughs> yes. out what happened to you, so that you're willing so to do they it say, again. Yeah, yeah, severe trauma um, <laughs> is is uh, yeah. You have self protective mechanisms. Um, oh God, I've gone down a Resi- Resident Evil Six mental rabbit well, hole now. This will be fun for the uh, for the Patreon. <laughs> uh, that's what I was going to say. Like we were just talking about, you know, time versus time to to cash ratio or whatever i mean oh, there's God, a great example so long. it's like exactly hours yep. long. yeah but which one would all four of us rather play now i'm going to hazard a guess i don't want to speak for you all <laughs> but i'm going to say it's resident evil 3 remake rather than resident evil 6 am i right yes um uh, well you know i yes the, the, <laughs> now we're talking about for, the difference only here is hair. that i've played resident evil 3 six or seven times I sure? still haven't finished yeah. Resident Evil Six. It's been there's a reason seven years since off. I first started Leave playing it. it, and I have it's played. Right. I think don't look back. Is it four out of about twenty chapters that are available? Like one um, every year for the last five years or something. And right. I, ah, oh, there's nothing that makes me want to play that game any more than so ugh. weird. Maybe it's fun in co-op. I don't know, but. I mean, this is not the podcast. Uh, as for this. someone who has played that entire game in co-op, <laughs> eh. it it helped, as I recall. Yes, but, it did but help. It, it, it didn't I, save it. it. Yeah, it, it did not. No, is that the, that's the game with the? Is it the dinosaur called Norman or something like that? I, I'm so I'm my, <laughs> Jeremy. Okay, if, if that if that happened, I definitely blocked it out. There's a, there's a fever. I'm a having a, I'm having a flashback. Was it a dinosaur? Are you thinking of Mario Odyssey? There's a dinosaur in that. <laughs> Was that called Jeremy? Yeah. I have I fonder know. memories. Um, please uh, please post it if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you know about. what the dinosaur named Jeremy is in Resident <laughs> Evil 6. There's a, there's a boss fight. Please let where, Leon know he's not insane. There's a boss fight where someone's been transformed into something like a T-Rex and and they're still calling it by oh, the, the name the, of the person. The one that in it the was. city that that or not in the city, but like in the uh, with with oh what's his name <laughs> with Jake Wesker? Is that during his section yeah. or am I, I? I didn't think that was a dinosaur, but uh, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Derek. 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 The dinosaur. It was Derek. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I couldn't. Uh, Mutated Derek Simmons. Location found in Chapter Five. City under attack. Oh, chapter right. Five of well, that's campaign. not. A, I, I don't. I don't think that's a dinosaur. No, what does he I, look I, like? I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it's in. Um, it's in Leon's campaign. I think. Okay, isn't it? I do, I, apparently, I've played chapters one, two, three, and four of Leon's campaign, and chapter one of Chris's, and chapter one of Jake's. Oh, maybe it's Chris's. <laughs> he's a big. He's a big. He Jake's. turns into a big mutant. He's not yeah. really a dinosaur. You I should think it's notice Leon's various. Eight is there? Yeah. I should have remembered this. I mean, probably. Uh, you should <laughs> notice various fuel tra- fuel tanks strewn around the area. Lure Derek towards these and shoot them to injure him, etc. Derek, there we go. That's some Patreon extra for you. That's more lip service than Resident Evil Six has had in a while. <laughs> <laughs> we gave it a whole show. Gingertastic zero one from the forum says. The big bad nemesis takes the form of an evolving set piece boss battle as opposed to the stalker enemy we'd seen in the previous game. I loved seeing nemesis transform throughout the game with the final form being a subtle epic. 
I know how many players were disappointed that Nemesis wasn't handled in a similar manner as Mr. X. However, I am not sure replicating Mr. X's stalker behaviour in this game would have been the right fit for the scenario. It might have taken some of the pace out of the game. That rather ties in with what you were saying earlier, Leah. Uh, yeah, my next entry point, well, we've already kind of gone over it, puzzles or the lack thereof. Um, yeah. Uh, Mr. Charlie Bobbleheads. So they're uh, rather like R Resident Evil 2 remake where it was the little raccoon guy. Uh, Mr. Raccoon or something. I don't know. Um, these are Mr. Charlie Bobbleheads who are like a guy with a moustache. Looks a bit like a kind of 50s Cupid doll or something, but also crossed with the Pringles is dude. It, this is not supposed uh, to be based on the toy uncle head design from that store that the head comes off partway through the game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's from it's it. Yes, in in universe there is a some kind of character called Charlie Bobblehead, uh, and there are these little figures dotted around the entire game. You can sometimes hear them making their telltale clockwork toy type noise. Uh, you shoot them and they stay shot across all your across the save file, don't they? Whatever playthrough you're on. So the idea is you eventually shoot them all. Uh, for those of you who have completed the game even more times than me, have you managed this? Yes. I don't think that they serve any purpose. With a guide? Um, oh, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely didn't find them all legitimately. Like, there's, There are some that are pretty well hidden. And I think yeah. I think there's one that requires you to backtrack quite a long way. Um, mm -hmm. Back through the, you know, the train platform that you, you get on the subway car very early on. And after that point, it then starts letting you use your weapons again. I think you've got to go all the way back out, sort of as far as you can go back down the street. And there's one, so you'd never really find it um, unless you were yeah. very carefully scouring for them. But there's quite a lot. I assume there was a trophy for getting Yeah, there's, there's an achievement for it. And then presumably it's something that has uh, store points tied to it as well. Right. Okay. So you can do that if you like. Uh, we mentioned you can unlock stuff, keep playing. Uh, I'm not quite sure on some of the triggers because it didn't seem to make that much logical sense. I played through the game once, got a bunch of the art and models, and then played through some, again and got some more, but I didn't think I'd done anything different, so I'm not quite sure what the... Maybe it is just a question of playing on the different difficulty levels and certain things but yes if you if you like the uh capcom team's cg art you can look at it right up close uh stare it straight in the weak pot weak points and whatever else um there's a ton of resident evil and capcom lore or ip easter eggs in the game uh the you mentioned the fridge there even at right at the start of the game jill's fridge is covered in things which allude to the wider Resident Evil world. But I think the, the, the most outstanding example for me, are if you go into the, the toy store we just mentioned, there is a whole range of figures of Mega Man based on the abysmal, uh, notoriously, infamously abysmal American box cover art for Mega Man 1987. Uh, so you can actually buy an action figure that is, uh, is your blue and yellow Mega Man. Criminally um, overlooked. There's some uh, fun film posters as well and stuff, which uh, sort of nod to other Capcom things, but also real world films and stuff like that. So if you're not a speed running type, you can actually spend quite a while just 
looking at the yeah. scenery. There's some stuff that is like real blink and you miss it. I think right at the very beginning when um, you go into the mm -hmm. bar with Barry, he picks up Barry, Brad. He, he picks ba up the <laughs> um, like the board for the bar and throws it at something. And if you either you might see it before you might oh, have yeah. to pause it, it's got a picture of uh, Morrigan from Darkstalkers on the board. Oh, I did not notice yeah, that. I like that. You, like I say, you may be able to see it before you get there. Otherwise, it's like mm. half a second in a cutscene that is it's visible. Just a frame for, or yeah. two. And I was just I was I was thinking earlier when he did that as on my third playthrough, what a lame effort it was throwing a a, a food sandwich board that doesn't even hit any of them. It just kind of he just kind of flings it, and it just kind of I was at least expecting some you know. And now, Brad. Some zombie squelch. Brad gets his redemption in this game. Like he saves Jill in that bar, yeah. and then you get the interesting scene with him with um, that cop whose name we couldn't remember earlier. Again, Marvin. So com compared Marvin. to what he does in the first Resident Evil Three, like they, yeah. they've um, you know they've resurrected, uh, re redeemed his character here, which is, is yes. nice. Being given more of a complete um, arc, should we say? Steve Aaron from the forum says Resident Evil 3 was the game that taught me never to pre-order anything ever again. Such was my disappointment in the latest Resi installment. I don't think this is an inherently bad game, rather a bad remake of a decent game. And most of the negative press the title has garnered comes from the weight of expectations rather than any intrinsic flaws. If this game was its own IP, it would be a totally acceptable, if somewhat short, B-tier action game. Instead, the disappointment one feels is compounded by the fact that it is an ersatz imitation of the original and holds up exceedingly poorly in the light of the previous year's Resi 2 remake. The latter is a game I have played to completion multiple times. The former was a one and done. The main reason for my disappointment was the lack of tension arising from the way that Nemesis is used. Put simply, the lack of random encounters results in a lack of scares. If you, if you encounter an enemy almost exclusively during a series of set pieces, it ultimately negates any threat that enemy creates as you know you will beat them and move on to the next specially curated set piece. If the nemesis was stalking you as he did in the original, these boss encounters would have packed much more punch, but by using him almost entirely in this arena matchup context after the game's opening act, Nemesis lost all sense of terror as he was just an obstacle set up to be knocked down to progress the game. Ideally, the player wants to feel as if he is actively impeding you from progressing, not that he has to be encountered in order for you to progress. I hope that makes some sort of sense. Ultimately, this lack of dread really hampered what in many other respects is a fine game. I didn't come away from the game completely burned, however. As disappointed as I was, Resident Evil 3 taught me to look at games in much the same way as we look at movies. Sometimes you're going to experience some middle-of-the-road fluff, schlock that is over and done with quickly, and isn't really a bad thing, just a question of managing expectations. In that sense, I feel that Resi 3 would have fared better had it been an Uncharted The Lost Legacy-style add-on or side quest for the Resi 2 remake and priced accordingly rather than its own standalone game. There was a multiplayer component that was launched with this, alongside this, I think it was with yeah 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 yeah, yeah packed in yeah uh, and of course they're doing it again we know a different one with the forthcoming Resident Evil Village slash eight and this was called Resident Evil Resistance Resident Evil Resistance puts a team of four players against a mastermind who can create traps enemies and other hazards. 
The multiplayer mode was developed externally by NeoBards Entertainment and was previously announced as a separate game, Project Resistance, according to Wikipedia. Anyone? <laughs> so, um, nope, I'm good. <laughs> I <laughs> was great. Here's the thing: I was I was actually really uh, interested in the premise. Um, yeah. Unlike the multiplayer game that's being pitched for Resident Evil Eight, which I think just mm. it it's a deathmatch game, which just sounds completely counter to what Resident Evil is about. This actually Reverse. sounded like yeah. a cool idea, kind of like mm-hmm. a mix between um, you know the uh, oh, what was it called? What's the the other the mode in Resident Evil Three and and Four called Mercenaries. Uh, yeah, there we go. Um, it felt like a mix between Mercenaries mm. mode and kind of like kind of like Left for Dead, except you're not directly controlling the zombies. You're more just controlling yeah. placement. Um, mm. I, yeah, I thought it was a cool concept, but apparently the execution is just not there, and and they were having troubles with servers at launch and stuff like that. So it just it didn't come together. I would actually like. Um, I don't think they will because of the reception to this mode. But I yeah. would love Capcom to revisit this idea. Maybe not with the mm. Resident Evil IP, but there's mm. the, there's something to this idea. I just don't think it was quite put together right. It well, seems uh, like something yeah. that could fall apart very easily, depending on who you had in the position of the kind of dungeon master, as it were. Um, mm. If you had a a solid kind of group that that you group, played with, yeah. yeah, then I think it might it, it might have potential. Uh, but yeah, just having a bunch of random people, you're gonna get some thirteen year old who just liquors, like, liquors, just, liquors, liquors, just, liquors, yeah, liquors, slamming yeah. on the liquor button. Um, <laughs> there must be a cost uh, incurred by spamming liquors. <laughs> yeah, like unfortunately, I mean, this is something that you know could be used as a you know response to. The people saying that lack of content here, lack of replayability, like this was packed in with the game. You paid your fifty pounds on day mm, one, and okay. you also got this. So you know it's not what, what a two thousand ten response to uh, you need a multiplayer mode. In yeah, this. And, and that's not that's not something that is uh, devoid in a lot of games that I've played. Um, lots of things like Bioshock and uh, the Tomb Raider game from twenty thirteen and stuff that had these multiplayer modes in them that you mm. would not expect a game like this to have multiplayer and you wouldn't necessarily want it and yeah i looked at resistance i think i loaded it up on the first couple of days that it come out uh couldn't find a match i assume it was because there was something wrong with right. the servers um watched a couple of streams of it and thought yeah this is not what i want out of a resident evil thing unfortunately so i mean i i applaud them for making it and for including it in the price but hey yeah, I, who's coming to Resident Evil for a mode like this? I mean, there must be people. They they must think that well, there's I, an audience for it if they were going to create it. Someone must have looked at this and thought, "Yeah, this is a cool idea." Uh, speak, speaking me. totally, to- totally honestly, like if there was like a Gears of War style horde mode in a Resident Evil game um, with those enemies with that with that control scheme, I would actually be here for that. Like I, I didn't six have one. Six has got six a have. lot of different I multiplayer th- I think modes. The, uh, I think the game that you're thinking of is Resident Evil Raccoon City, which was supposed to be really bad. So oh, Operation uh, Raccoon City, yeah. yeah, which we've never covered for some reason because <laughs> uh, we don't want to play it. It's interesting though, Josh. You're, you're the one of us who's actually in the industry and obviously in a, in a different 
yeah. guys and yeah. in a different part of the world and in a different whatever but <laughs> explain why i this find exists. these explain yeah, yeah how these how these <laughs> like obviously somebody at capcom thinks there's something to be made on the investment of having this third party studio build this uh build this thing it already exists uh possibly under capcom's arms but possibly not as something else and capcom looks at it and says hey you know what would make this sell more if we stuck resident evil in it hey you know what would get people to play it if we stuck it in with the resident evil 3 remake but in the end like no it seems that nothing about it could persuade people to play it was it was it even was it stacked with microtransactions that were going to fund it at the back end or something well, I, I just I, I mean the the thing like that everyone forgets is that there are multiple things that publishers get from from multiplayer games and like one of them is microtransactions but one of them mm. is the ability to track data and track player habits yeah. and you right. do you do that with single player games as well but you if get limited limited data from that whereas yes. multiplayer you can get loads and loads of player a lot of sure. player data so there might yeah. be something driven by that um a little bit um but honestly like whenever i've been involved in these conversations um it's it's really just about adding value uh perceived yeah. value so i think perceived it, it, it right. is i think motivated by the fact that it's such a short game so yeah yeah and i think i think you're right and i think actually again talking about we're talking about the customer who's not really like the kind of person who completes 35 games a year for a podcast um we're talking about the person who maybe you know buys a game every so often and wants to get the best value for money uh for their investment of you know time and fun absolutely i know plenty of people who would say well and you know i'll play through that and then it's got this multiplayer it it is just the fact that it's on the back of the box might persuade them to pony up where they weren't going to before but of course it's all moot the amount of times that people must have got stung with these and then they find they load it up they install it and either the quality is just nowhere near the single player component because it's a totally separate client or there's just no one else playing it because you know everyone's kind of just dipping in and trying it and there's no point where where there's enough people online to actually make a go of it certainly not beyond like day three or something it's it's a weird thing it, I, I imagine imagine you're a coder developer artist working on these things you almost know that like you're putting your best into it of course you are but you almost know that it, no one like hardly anyone's going to play it and no one's going to have any passion for it maybe you just but convince yourself that it's going to be a it's going to be the next you know rocket league or something but you know you must know it isn't mm, yeah it's it's so disappointing like if this had have been you know even like a cut down kind of mercenaries mode or the mm. uh, extra content that they put in re2 which was kind of like the the hunk and tofu like little quick shot campaigns there was one of those that yeah. was a a bit of a defense mode thing if they had have done even just one or two of those it would have been yeah. much more palatable for me but i mean as you say the main point about this is you buy this game now you might as well forget about resistance because even if you want to play it you probably can't unless you get a group of your mates together to do it because there's not going to be any randoms probably exactly am i wrong in thinking this is actually now a client that you can download for free separately anyway I don't know if it's for free, but I do know that when I reinstalled Resident Evil 3 on mm. my PS4, uh, it had 
it had this as like a separate thing. Like I had to click yeah. into yeah. Resident yeah. Evil 3 yes. and then select, no, I don't care about the multiplayer yeah. and give me the right. campaign. Yeah. It's a strange, it's a strange thing. Uh, and I realize we've gone off at a tangent talking about something that none of us has played, but it's sort of, I think it's sort it's, of relevant. It's part because, of the game. Yeah. It's the only piece of extra content aside from the game. And they, they said very quickly that they weren't going to make any further DLC, which was a bit of a disappointment at the time. So yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, that's all there is. Curious. Tibble and Bits from the forum says, I imagine one of the more frustrating aspects of the Resident Evil series for fans is how wildly different each main instalment in the franchise is from uh, from each other, be it in tone, setting, design or gameplay style. I'm writing this when we are only a few short months away from the release of Resident Evil Village, a first person gothic horror game. While this forum post itself is regarding the remake of Resident Evil 3, a linear third-person chase game that leans far more towards action than pure horror. While some fans may find this lack of consistency game-to-game irritating, I find it exciting. I do agree with much of the criticism surrounding Resident Evil 3's remake. Nemesis, the title character of the original version, isn't in the game nearly enough and is underwhelming compared to the tyrant in the Resident Evil 2 remake. I haven't played the original version of Resident Evil 3, but I still know about the content that was cut and changed, and most of those alterations were for the worst, most notably the areas where you play as Carlos and the removal of the clock tower section from the original version. But the game works for me as a whole. The short length of the game contributes to the relentless chase tone, even when the game design itself fails to do so. Carlos's weak gameplay segments at least flesh him out as a character and serves his surprisingly effective chemistry with Jill. Speaking of Jill, her fantastic performance by Nicole Tompkins carried me through the whole game. Jill is easily my favourite character in the series now. I still even found Nemesis memorable thanks to a series of fun boss fights against him, all of which were better than any of the boss fights in the Resident Evil 2 remake, a far superior game otherwise. I guess it is only fitting that Resident Evil 3 shares the same fate as its original version, a structurally and tonally distinct action horror game that thanks to clearly not having enough time in the oven ultimately fails to escape the shadow of its predecessor. I, I don't necessarily want to camp out on this point, but I actually agree very much with the point on on boss fights. I mm-hmm. think um, a lot of the boss fights in RE2 make were just kind of like shoot yeah. until you run out of ammo and pray, whereas um, there was like a consistent kind of idea behind each boss each encounter with nemesis i should say whether it be the flamethrower and kind of targeting his backpack or setting up Mm. the mines or the acid i think they they did a pretty good job of creating like a consistently um you know consistently different experience with each boss yeah and they all i think apart from maybe the one on the rooftop with the flamethrower they all sort of run parallel with um, encounters with Nemesis from the original game, so it's it's quite interesting to see the the way that they advance separately from each other. Like the you know they have the clock tower courtyard square fight with the um, the sort of more mutated Nemesis, and then the one later on with the acid vats, and then the the final fight with the railgun. Like they're all they're all different sort of imaginations of uh, of how those fights went in the original, which is nice to see. I just remembered there is another first person bit, which is kind of a QTE. Well, it is. Yeah, it is really a QTE when you think about it. But it's the bit where fairly near the start, you drive a car at the Nemesis 
as Jill and uh, drive it off the edge of a building. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jill should totally. I know. She should I know, be dead. It's a yeah. silly game, yeah. but it's uh, she. She should not walk away from that. Life-changing injuries at best. She's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> uh, walk it off. <clears throat> we also have some three-word reviews. Follow us on Twitter at Kana Rince. Uh, Alejandro says below remake expectations. Talk Tapia says bullet sponge boss. The Cinema Cephalopod says R.I.P. Tube Top. Yeah. Connor Hawke says Cruel Carlos-less World. <laughs> uh, Simply Wonderful says Slimy Yet Satisfying. <laughs> Stevie P says Short and Sweet. Uh, Jonathan Rooney says Great Abridged Version. Invisible Kraken, then how do we know it's a Kraken, says Brief Love Letter. You know. Uh, Guru Matt says satisfying replay value sean's taco says jaunty zombie romp and asara says love the hair yeah <laughs> it was all worth it for the hair always let's let's summarize our feelings on this uh, resident evil 3 remake and that catches us up with the mainline resident evil series on the cana rinse podcast for now until the next one, the next big one, whenever we cover that. Uh, yeah, I kind of I, I feel like we've re repeated ourselves both as a group and from our correspondence, but that says that there's a consensus, which is that uh, game is fun, but small. Could have been more. I know maybe, maybe it's unfair to re review a game for what it isn't rather than what it is, but I can't help but think this could have been something more special than it is it could have been this beautifully interconnected intertwining companion piece for the hugely well loved resident evil 2 remake with all the bells and whistles of that game and and perhaps you know some more interesting puzzles and and certain elements like that uh, that uh, that are arguably missing however you know i get the idea that yes it's perhaps a more a linear action focused streamlined kind of take and as josh says like the moment to moment the fundamentals of the controls the engine the visuals and all that are still you know, very high quality stuff and uh and hugely enjoyable to engage with but yes it does come down to the fact that to me this feels as a product more like either a very high quality substantial bit of premium price dlc or one of those mid-priced spin-off games like uh, yeah, Uncharted Lost Legacy or, or Dishonored uh, Death of the Outsider, something like that, rather than what they sold it as, which is a full-price next numbered uh, remake in the series. So, yeah, a little cheeky in that, but I still had good fun playing it, and that's the main thing. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, I... I I'm largely agree with what you said. Uh, this is just comfort food for me. It's it's in a genre that's it's it's my genre. I I love resource management. I love uh, survival horror. So I'm going to find the kind of core loop of this game just inherently appealing, no matter. Um, and as long as you know the level design is competent and the enemy encounter design is competent, I'm just going to find it appealing on some level. So yeah, it's it's not a classic, it's not genre defining, but it 
goes down smooth. There's very little friction. Um, and as you say, like, I, I feel like, you know, at 50 quid, 40 quid at the time of release, it's a bit of a bit of pill to swallow. But right now, you can probably get it for like £25 or or $30 or something like that. And at that price, I think, go for it. It's it's really enjoyable and you'll be done in one evening or two um, at most. <laughs> it won't take up much of your time. <laughs> and yes, you absolutely. I think, yeah, we can see that as a plus. Uh, Leah. Well, it's no Resident Evil 6, um, but <laughs> yeah. I... The hair's better, so... <laughs> yeah, I, it is. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say a whole lot that hasn't already been said by me earlier and by everybody else just now. So uh, I, I like this game. I, I think that it is almost impossible to judge it in a vacuum because it does have Resident Evil 2 kind of inextricably connected to it, uh, for better and worse. And... Um, yeah, I, I I think it's worth your time and if you enjoy these kinds of games, but go into it knowing what to expect. If you go into it expecting that it is going to be something on the scale and scope and of Resident Evil 2 Remake before it, then you probably are going to be disappointed. But, um, you know, I, I stand by my Alien to Aliens <laughs> analogy. It's, it's a different type of game. It's a different thing and I, I mean i'm sure that there are probably some people that prefer resident evil 3 remake to resident evil 2 remake i i it's not my personal ranking but it's perfectly fine this is this is a good game and i enjoyed it um i probably won't go back to it quite as as often as i might something like two but uh i do not regret any of the time that i spent with it i regret nothing i uh, no regrets ever <laughs> uh, yeah one of the big problems with going last in these things is that you all have made basically all of the points that i would make and probably more that. eloquently than i'm going to make no regrets. don't feel feel um, free like the game to um, not take up too much of our listening yeah uh, uh, <laughs> i let's talk about resident evil 6 for a while there will be a resident evil 6 remake podcast at some point where we can air our grievances oh could be <laughs> um yeah i really really enjoy playing this game i think it's a huge amount of fun it's kind of big and dumb and explosive and I really don't like using the word disappointment because I think that that sort of implies that maybe you were the one who had incorrect expectations in the first place but there are things about this where they've they've kind of missed the mark from both the original Resident Evil 3 and the uh, the Resident Evil 2 remake and as Leah said, like unfortunately, this this game is intrinsically linked to both of those in a way that it can't really escape from. Um, but what is here, I absolutely enjoy everything about it. I mean, I wish that they had some of the bits from the original game that got cut, and I wish that there was more of it, basically more content there. But what is here is extremely worth playing. Um, apparently, up to and including six or seven times because lots of us have. Uh, and yeah, as you also have said, it's pretty cheap now. You can get it in a nice little double pack with the RE2 remake. And don't forget that there's also a very nice RE1 remake available on probably all platforms under the sun now. So yeah, I, it's, yes. there'll be there'll be a sale of Resident Evil games at some point. So jump in. It, it's worth it. Oh, yeah. Quite a regular yeah. occurrence on various digital I, platforms. I think there was an Xbox One literally like last week or the week before. All right. 
the final escape is complete. So it remains for me, Leon, to thank John, Josh, Leah, Editor Jay, as well as our correspondents for contributing and to you for listening. Next time, in issue 456, it's Pokemon, finally. Gens 1 and 2, red, green, blue, yellow, gold, silver and crystal. <laughs>